When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. And welcome into Conduits of Trouble. And actually, it's not Mackie and Judd. It is Zolgat and Chip Scoggin, Star Tribune sports columnist, my buddy, as we chat every week on Conduits about ongoing topics in sports in this town. And uh, Chipper, we got to start here, our old beat. <laughs> so a few days ago, I said, you know, I don't think that the uh, that the uh, North Division in the NFC is all that strong, but I think the Vikings can win, you know, 10 games. And I think that 10 games could win them a division championship. How did you feel a couple days ago? And how do you feel, I guess, more appropriately now that we know Daniil Hunter is sidelined on IR, which means he has to miss at least three games, and I'm guessing it's more because of a neck injury. I will do a spoiler alert, Judd, for my <laughs> Star Tribune official pick. Um, I said nine and seven. Um, That's what I said. I, I, I said nine and seven, and I got to be honest with you, I, I'm not so sure nine and seven won't win the division this year. You know, maybe somebody's going to win 10 games. I don't think anybody in division is going to win 11. Um, but I would say. Yeah, nine and seven is looks very optimistic now. If if it's just three games, um, if it's more than that with Hunter, which we don't know at this point, um, they weren't exactly forthcoming all the way through this. So why are they going to be forthcoming now? So uh, if you don't have him, boy, those those young cornerbacks are really going to have to play well because Amen, this, brother. This, this whole premise was when they made a big trade. Um, bolster your pass rush as best you can yep. because you have to make quarterbacks get the ball in their hands quick to, to help out your back end, which is uh, a major question mark at this point. So, um, yeah, I'll stick with 9-7 and seven for now, but if it's if it's more than three games, I think I'd, I'd, I would adjust that, uh, that uh, projected record. So, in your career covering sports, I'd ask you this question. When is the last time that you covered a guy – uh, who showed up on an injury report or was sidelined with a neck problem where it wasn't a big deal. Because I keep yeah. saying this, if you have a stiff neck, okay, which yeah. a lot of guys do, you go to a chiropractor, you get adjusted, and then you play. And it might hurt, yeah. but you play through it. I don't think I have ever covered any athlete, though, who's officially shown up on a report sidelined by a neck problem where yeah. where in retrospect we all sort of laugh and be like wow did they overblow that injury 
No, I, I laugh because this this situation reminds me of when you and I were beating. It's kind of an inside joke with us with the Medea Williams. Yes. Um, back when they told us it was not anything. That, I don't know if they used the word tweak, but they said it was something minor. And then we saw him with uh, one of those braces on his head and neck. So we knew it was not a minor uh, neck injury. And no, I mean, that's the thing that's concerned is, is – you know, when when he when when Zimmer said tweak all along, I was thinking hamstring, honestly, and without knowing, I just assumed that that's what it was. But when you, when you say it's neck, yep. that makes you nervous, Judd. I mean, because um, that is definitely one that you don't rush back from, and that's one you have to be a hundred percent sure that you're that the it's everything's you know healed and supported and stabilized and everything. So, no, it's it's not. Anytime someone starts talking about brain or neck that or spine that's when you start getting really nervous about um one their individual health but two is is how long is that going to take them to recover from and the problem too is is if we fairly factor in his contract which is yeah. as team friendly as it possibly gets and this guy is not a good player this guy's a star okay mm-hmm. uh and i don't blame him one bit to be clear i don't want anyone saying that i i am putting the onus on the player here but if i'm hunter and it's a neck problem, I ain't coming back until I am 1,000% sure I'm fine. So, like, like this is not a, I tweaked my knee, and I yeah. can probably play through that. You know, stick a brace on my knee or, or a harness on my shoulder. This is your neck, your contract from your standpoint, and I know that you signed it, positively stinks. So I am not playing until I am absolutely i've got my own doctors and told you can't do any more damage yeah and and i would hope that would be the case regardless if you were the highest paid or the lowest paid you know because that's just you know your career is too you know you just don't mess with an injury like that right and we don't know the severity of it i mean we have no idea other i think courtney reported that it was a neck and so we don't know what the specifics are um but I'd go back to, was it um, Mike Hughes, right? Uh, reported had the yeah, he vertebrae. neck injury. Yeah, vertebrae, vertebrae. Yes. And so now that came back and he was fine. He's, he was able to play. But when it, when you, I remember in the offseason when you first hear that, you're thinking, you know, is this something? And Zimmer downplayed it at the time. And, and obviously it wasn't as severe as, you know, I just think anytime you hear neck injury, that's what it makes you nervous, right? And you're like, you know, that has to be 100% healed. You're right. It's not like, you know, can you tape up an ankle and play on it? Or can you, you know, wrap up a shoulder, put a harness on and play through a shoulder or a club, on, you know, if you have a broken hand or something. This is, you know, it's a totally different thing you're dealing with. And so, yeah, and that's why I think if they're not going to be, you know, forthcoming about the injury, and it's, you know, they're right. But to to wonder if, it, if this is really going to be three weeks or is it going to be longer than that? So uh, to go back to your point about the cornerbacks here too, Chipper, um, Holton Hill and Hughes, it sounds like they're going to be the starters on the outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cameron Dancer or Gladney will probably come in in the nickel, and Hughes will either go inside or I, I think it would be Dantzler could. What is your expectation there now, given this? Because I'm with you completely. I think the trickle down of now um, not having a left end who who would have combined – with Ngakwe on the right side, you know, potentially put tremendous pressure on a quarterback. 
I think that changes the equation completely as far as the litany of veteran quarterbacks that the Vikings are going to face yeah. and, the, and, and the potential time now that they're going to have to throw. Um, I think that there's only a fair amount expectation-wise that you can expect young corners to do against a lot of the quarterbacks the Vikings are going to face. Yeah, you wonder if Zimmer now will have to blitz more, which he doesn't like to do. He likes to get it with his front four. Um, but if they don't get the same kind of pass rush with that Hunter in there, then you know, you're know you just asking those guys to have to cover longer. And this this weekend will be the litmus test, uh, right, Judd? Because how many times have we seen Aaron Rodgers pick on a guy? And, he, he, you <laughs> yes. know, I mean, think about over the years. Oh, my God. Chris Cook or whoever, when he sees a guy, whether he's young or – a veteran who he just thinks he can go at, he picks on him. And so I'm going to be, it's going to be fascinating to see, you know, how he approaches it. And if he goes at those young guys or, um, because that's, that's kind of his MO. He, he, he will pick on a guy. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, obviously their whole mindset was get two great edge pass rushers and, and create havoc for the quarterback and not allow him to have much time. And I just don't think you can sit here and say their pass rush is going to be as effective without Hunter because it's not, I mean, it's no, you know, it's not, not a knock on those guys, but he's one of the you know top premier edge rushers in the game. And so um, it'll be interesting to see if Zimmer has to do, get a little more creative to try to generate pressure just to help those guys on the back end out. So they're not having to cover so long. Here's what scares me, Chip Scoggins from a Vikings defensive. And in particular, I guess the line standpoint. Okay. And Gakwe, I think, should be be fine, should be good at right end. But, but let's but judge, judge, stop there. Is he up to speed with the you know, where's his conditioning? Where's it uh, no, and where's he was the system? Now it's it's not like yeah. he's, you know, it, a lot of it might just be go rush the passer, but there's some question marks about you know, initially, I mean he's gonna be fine obviously long term, he's elite, sure. but initially just kind of what shape he in. So yeah. Okay, so so but let's say we're the Vikings are three games in, and he is in shape and up to speed, and he's fine. All right. That's fine. That's good. Here's here's what scared me, though, from day one of camp with uh, Michael Pierce opting out. Jalil Johnson and Shamar Stefan inside. Yeah. That is going to bring your run defense down a few pegs. They're, they're, I don't think it's a debate. They're just, look, they're both okay players, but, you know, in his prime Linval Joseph was damn good. He was really good. And Pierce was supposed to step in and be the Vikings marquee free agent pickup because he was supposed to, uh, in this system, become damn good, right? And Mm -hmm. so they're gone now. And so let's just start from a run game again standpoint. You're going to have teams now be able to, for the most part, go up the gut against the Vikings. That's going to make Eric Kendricks less effective yeah. And and now I think the one thing that that we thought post Ngakwe trade was okay that's not ideal but you're going to have Hunter rushing from the left end and Ngakwe from the right end and that's going to help make up from a pass game standpoint. Well now that's gone and, and all of the of the focus that probably would have have to been um given in some way shape or form by opponents that would have been split between Ngakwe and Hunter can now all go to the right-hand side with Ngakwe. Long story short, I just think there's going to be a lot of ways for teams uh, to scheme to beat this defense, and I know at its core it's a sound defensive scheme. I just don't know now, Chip, if the if the parts are going to be there for it to realistic, realistically be anywhere as close to what we're used to seeing in 2020. 
Yeah, and, and you know, the Pierce loss is, is obviously huge because, let's be honest, they go out and get a guy because they think he's better than you, right? And so to, yes. to think that there's not a drop-off, you're a backup. They went and got a guy because they didn't think you're as good as what they need. And so um, that's not, you know, being mean, it's just a fact, right? I mean, if they go out and get a veteran receiver overused because they think he's better than you. And so, yeah, so it's it's – but they're, they're going to have to take away something, Judd. I mean, it's whether it's the run or passing that, you know, they've done a good job in the run, you know, in, in the past. And so um, if, if they can't stop the run, then it's, you know, as, as coaches always say, then, then everything, the whole entire playbook's open to them. And so, um, and here's another concern. And I know these guys have been healthy and they play a lot of, sure. they play a lot, but Judd, you got two safeties on the roster. <laughs> I know. That's a whole nother thing. I, mean, I, I know. I know this. I know they're going to – my guess is they're going to wait until after week one and pick up a veteran, but um, that's another issue. I mean, you know, you hope those guys don't get injured, but I don't think I've ever seen just having two safeties on it. No, and and if if Smith goes down, I think they're in huge trouble. But, yeah. yeah. Um, Hey, how surprised are you that we are just about to opening um, day? And, look, this could change in the next uh, couple days. How surprised are you that we're still talking here, though, and that Dalvin Cook didn't get a contract extension? I can be honest. I'm shocked, Judd. I, I just thought it was this would be a typical Vikings thing where, uh, you know, there, there's a little bit of posturing, but they get it done, and because they they just always seem to get things done, right? I mean, it always just seems to come together with with their homegrown talent. And so, I don't know if he's getting just horrendous advice from his agent at this point. I don't know what the offer is on the table. Um, Sounds like there's not a whole lot of dialogue, and they both dug in. But, um, you know, if if I'm Dalvin, now if if they're, if they're completely lowballing him, understand it. But if if he's being unreasonable and he's looking at, you know, what some of the other you know top running backs are getting and think he deserves that and is going to get that, I think he may just have to you know come to the realization that he's not getting. Fourteen million dollars a year—it's just not going to happen. Right. And so, and I, I don't know what he's holding out for. I, like I said, I don't know what the number is, but I'm—I'm I'm surprised. I really am. I—I I thought this would—I—I I, I thought it'd be done the week of when they started camp because that's typically how they do it, right? Mm-hmm. Um. So I, you know, I don't know much about his agent, but uh, he's. You know, he's gambling, that's for sure. I mean, you know, if you get if you get injured this year, uh, the money is not going to be anywhere probably what is on the table right now for the offer. I'd love to know what the offer uh, was that the Vikings took off the table about a month ago now, because mm-hmm. if that offer was anywhere close to being what like uh, Joe Mixon got, uh, and they didn't take Mixon's it, job? they were crazy. Ten million. Uh, he's going to average. It was a average of twelve mil per year. Oh, I, I mean that. I can't imagine they would turn that down. I was thinking, I thought all along that it, it would wind up being in the ten to eleven million per per but they, year. But if that was the case, they should have taken that for sure. I, I think that's a reasonable contract um, because of his injury history. Joe, he just hasn't I agree. You know, been on the field enough, and, and I understand. You know, players always see their value differently than reporters and fans, you know, um, and they have built the offense around them. But man, um, if, if that was the, if, if, you know, if the offer was anywhere from 10 to 12 million, they turned it down. I I just, I I think that's a bad decision on his part. I really do. Well, and you can't, I just don't understand how he is being allowed by his, his representation to start playing 
on the last year of this contract, given the fact that, back to your point, he's been hurt before. And, you know, God forbid he blows his knee out on Sunday. Like, then then you're just done? Then you're yeah. done? And and I don't, you know, so, so look, he plays a position where it's controversial as far as what guys get there. And I know that the the value on running backs is not near what it used to be when we were kids and it was considered a sexy position. I get all that, but I just don't understand how his representatives are allowing him to play now. And the other problem too. So I appreciate that the Vikings as an organization are going to hold their ground based on the fact the cap is going to come down in 2021 and mm-hmm. based and based on, on the fact that I'm torn myself about how much I value and would pay this spot right now. That being said, here's your 2020 conundrum chipper. If Dalvin Cook so much as gets a hangnail, he's not yeah. gonna, he's not going to play, and he can't play. Like he cool. will have to bag out, and he should. If he and and he and he gets dinged up, and of course backs do chip a lot. Yeah. But yeah. if you think about this, if on Sunday he gets banged up, and let's just say it's a bruise, bad knee bruise or something, or he tweaks something. He can't play in week two, or he's absolutely crazy. So this does give him incentive, actually, to be responsible in pulling himself out more. Because yeah. if I have any fear that I'm going to go into my next game and and reaggravate, or you know, if it's a hamstring or make it worse, I can't play. I'm not going yeah. to play. Yeah, and it's, you know, running backs only get, and I mean every NFL player, but particularly running backs, they only get so many. Bites of that big apple, right? Correct. And and here's the thing, Jed. Let's say he has a just a really you know great year, plays most of the games, highly productive. Do you really think a team's going to break the bank on the next? I mean, the, the nope. same set of circumstances are going to be there, right? The same yep. counter argument about paying overpaying for running backs. I mean, those those things are not going away. You know, um, yeah, he he has a chance to prove that he can stay healthy, but I think kind of the uh, philosophical shift in how running backs are viewed, that's not going to change this year, you know? So that's why I'm I'm perplexed by this. And you're right. I mean, um, and I I wasn't on his Zoom this week. Maybe you were, but... I went back and watched it. I I was not on it live. The one quote that jumped out where he said, you just hope that the Vikings, uh, or whatever, they, they understand your value and you get rewarded yes. for your value. Was he uh, testy on that, or how was his tone, would you say? Was I think he, was, was he annoyed? Could you tell he was annoyed by this? He didn't seem as, as testy or annoyed as he did just sort of beaten up and down. I think he's a I, – I sense he might be a sensitive kid, um, and I think he's taken this hard, and I think he should. And, and I don't know his his reps, agents at all, Yeah, but I just wonder what type of advice he's getting um, because he's sort of he's sort of on this island of I'm you know of no 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 I'm not going to sign and then the Vikings are like fine the contract's off the table and he seems beaten up and I don't blame him but again this goes back to at some point in time you probably should just accept your fate as far well, as your value goes and your position goes and sign something that gives you assurances because that's what he totally lacks right now any assurances yeah and the thing is. Um... And again, I don't know what the, the you know the final offer or whatever that was on the table, but the Vikings don't have a history of lowballing guys, right? Not um, guys, not young guys. They like they do not. I mean, they have spent a lot on young on talent that they drafted and developed, 
and we've seen. I mean, you can go down the roster, guys that got big contracts, and they've kind of had a, you know, they've kind of had to reconfigure here because of you know some of those contracts and guys got older. But I don't think there's been many where you say there's been some. You can even say Daniel Hunter's like that's a team friendly contract. It's a lot of money, but it's yeah. he's not being paid as one of the top edge rushers. But at the time, you know, it was a good contract for him. So I, I just I don't think it's. I would be surprised if it came back and say, man, they really gave an offer that was insulting. You know, I, yep. I it, maybe it is, but I, I would be surprised because that's not really been the MO here in the last, what, six years uh, with, with guys that they've drafted in the belt. And how can Cook win here, too? Because if Cook gets dinged up, he has to sit. He almost just has to. Mm-hmm. But but then, so so let's say he sits out four games, okay? Gets dinged up four times or something. Then he's going to hit the market in March, and to your point, try and get this huge payday, but it's instantly going to be used against him that he didn't play in X amount of games again in 2020, but yet if he plays in those games and something goes wrong, that then his, his uh, value is potentially shot. So I guess my point is I don't know what the win here is for him at this point. He's yeah, in a very, then- very uh, sticky predicament. Well, somebody asked me uh, a while back, like, how would you think he'd sit out a game? In, in protest, I'm like, boy, that would be a real gamble because imagine if you sat out and then Alexander Matson had a great game or, you know, a great couple games. Now you've lost all leverage, you know, yeah, you're right. and, and you win, you've lost completely. Because then they can say, well, why would we pay you if we're getting, you know, a, a, you know, competent production from the backup and we're winning. And so I, I don't think he would play that game, you know, and, and I don't think that's who he is. I and mean, he, he said this week that if, Zimmer calls his name, he's going to play, even though he didn't have a contract. And I don't, you know, I think he's a hard-nosed competitor and loves the game. And so I would be surprised if he did that, if he took that option. But you're right. Just the health component of it is, you know, if he doesn't play all, you know, I'm going to say play every game, but if he misses four or five games, uh, that's going to just further validate the argument that why would you break the bank for a running back that, you know, hasn't stayed healthy yet. Hey, what, what's your prediction about how much of an advantage the Vikings are going to lose in at least their first two home games with no fans? Because I think yeah. it's an underrated, huge storyline. Yeah, I wrote about this for my column this week, uh, Tom Judd, that I think it's, you know, we've seen, whether it's the Metrodome or U.S. Bank Stadium, how much of an advantage that is. So it, it's got to be a top, what, three, four row of noise, I would think. Seattle, New Orleans, Minnesota. Yes. Yes, yeah. it is. Kansas City. Yep. Um, and we've seen, I remember, uh, and I checked with the Vikings, you know, even in this louder than the Metrodome, um, a little bit, you know, but um, they are always one of the top teams in terms of uh, opponent false starts. Judd, how many times have we sat there where a quarterback looks rattled, he can't get the playoff, and it, you can just see where the noise affects him. Um, I checked with the Vikings, and uh, uh, on typical, you know, key third downs, the decibel level, often gets to 115 there, which is, you know, that's just loud. Yes. And it, it has an effect. And so to lose that, I think it's a big deal. And I talked to uh, Jared Allen and and uh, Ben Lieber this week about that. And they, they both said it's going to be a significant disadvantage or, you know, not the same advantage they had because, you know, Jared said, you know, when I'm in my stance and the guy has to look, the tackle has to look down the line at the ball to see when it's being snapped. Yep. That's a, that's a split second. And, um, Ben made a good point that he thinks that smart quarterbacks are going to be able to hear the defensive audibles and, and pick them up because you're just going to hear a lot more stuff on the field hmm. that you wouldn't hear. So um, 
that they might be able to play off that, or linemen will be able to hear when defense linemen are calling out their stunts or their different games that they're going to play that they'll be able to pick up on that. So he thinks in some ways, you know, the offense is going to have a little bit uh, more unique perspective than normal. So I think it's a big deal. I mean, I really do. I mean, it's – we've seen it. I mean, it's hard to quantify, but you can see it with your eyes when an offense gets rattled by that noise, and we've seen it time and time again over the years. So my my thought is opposing tackles will be able to hear the calls now instead of mm-hmm. going to silent counts, and and not the best QBs, but the tier of QBs who are either young or veteran guys who get uh, frazzled are going to be able to think. And to me, that is sure. a huge thing because we have seen to what what uh, you were saying, Chip Scoggins. We have seen veteran QBs who aren't necessarily great come into the Metrodome and now U.S. Bank Stadium and really get just rattled. And so I think that, as a starting point, is going to be huge because, you know, I mean, that's a big part of what that defense has done for years. It's caused teams to really just basically lose their cool, and that's based a lot on what the noise was. Yeah, and I would say I don't know that it's ever rattled Aaron Rodgers, but it's rattled his offensive line. Without a doubt. Um, I mean, we've seen them get discombobulated with, you know, calls and having to go on a silent count. And it's it's just an extra beat. Like, you know, whether it's Jared or Everson or, or Daniil, just that pass rush is just different at home when they can, when you know, like I said, the tackles are having to look down the line to see when it's snapped or they can't hear. You just have like a head start, you know. And so, but conversely, mm-hmm. on the other side, they're playing at Seattle and at New Orleans this year. So but my, here, here's my question. That, you know? are, but you know, but by the time that we, uh, for instance, get to the Saints game on Christmas Day, yeah, are there fans allowed in? I don't. You know, Seattle. There won't be when they get out there, uh, and but I don't think enough to really make it uh, to where it's hard. I mean, do you think they're going to allow a full stadium in December? In New Orleans, I don't. I I would be surprised. Wouldn't you? Yes, I would be. Yeah, even even half. Okay, you know that that seems ambitious by December to have half of the stadium. But if it's half, you know it'll be reasonably loud. But it's not the same as having a full stadium. So I don't think anywhere this year is going to be so intimidating or so disruptive that you have to have a silent count. I, I mean, a half stadium, half full stadium, you're not going to have to use a silent count. I wouldn't think. No, you know that's probably so, true. Um, and it, I'm, I'm curious to see, you know, the, the, the league is setting it at 70 decibels, which is, um, the crowd noise that they, they're giving everybody, which it's I looked nothing. up. It's like a vacuum cleaner. It's, it's vacuum nothing. Cleaner. <laughs> you can't even, was that 70 when we were in there for the, for the I think they said it was. Practice? Yes. It's absolutely. You not hear anything. No, no. It's, it sounds like, it sounds like the white noise that you would turn on from like a fan while you sleep. Yeah. It's just that continuous hum. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be weird because I, you know, the baseball thing, okay, the first couple of weeks it was odd, but I, I got to be honest with you, it doesn't really, I don't think about it now. I think with football, that's the one sport where you got to have noise, uh, where, where it actually plays a role in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, hockey and basketball, you ever say, man, that crowd really has really affected that game? Maybe, you know, maybe basketball a little, you know. Um, baseball, I just I don't I don't think enough to really comment on it. But football, for sure, and we've seen it. You know, um, you just that's we, 
it, it affects the the crowd noise affects the other team in a way that other sports I don't think really does. And so it's going to be weird. I mean, that, that part I think is going to really have an impact on games. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm sure they'll play the skull chant and things like that, but uh, yeah, I I'm with you. It's going to be more weird than, than it is like, Oh yeah, there's the skull chant. So yeah. Yeah. Do you but, think prediction, when are we going to see big 10 football? Man, if you follow social media, uh, either October 15th, November 1st, November 15th, December 1st. Yeah, next I, season, I I, Christmas. Yeah. I don't know, Judd. I would probably – I think it all – I think it really does come down to testing and having enough uh, tests available where you can test two or three times a week. Um, I'm going to say uh, January, early January. Okay, so that far off. Okay. Yeah, I was, you know – With pods, Chipper? Yeah. That, well, that's so like Detroit – yeah, that's the only way to do it. And I was talking to some writer friends that, um, you know, it'd be here, Detroit, Indy, um, somewhere out east. I don't know where they would play them there, maybe Syracuse. But, you know, someone mentioned to me they wouldn't even be surprised if, like, if Iowa used the Northern Iowa Dome, you know. Oh, okay. If, if you're not letting in fans or just a small percentage of fans, the size doesn't really matter. The field's not going to change. The size of the venue doesn't matter if it's going to be mostly empty. So I would say whatever's the most convenient and, and cost effective. Um, but, you know, it, it is amazing how much pressure Kevin Ward and those presidents are under to change their opinion or their ruling. Um, you know, maybe they hear enough uh, positive feedback from, you know, the scientists in terms of, it doesn't feel like they're changing, though. Like, like I keep seeing uh, tweets from the president and stuff saying Big Ten football is going to start soon. I, I'm yet to see a definitive no. uh, statement from the Big Ten, and I'm not talking Jim Harbaugh or the Nebraska program, that says, oh, yeah, you know what, by the way, we are going to start soon. No, they. I mean, they came out, you know, with the, with the, the Republican senators that sent the letter this week. The Big Ten responded um, just saying – we have the same goal. We're trying to get out as soon as possible and get back on the field as soon as possible whenever it's safe. And so I don't know if that, if they need testing and, or, you know, uh, you know, fewer cases on campus. And that's the thing when you're seeing um, these college campuses, man, they're just, you know, Wisconsin uh, today, I think, or yesterday had to go to online classes for two weeks. They just shut them down. Yeah. Yeah. They quarantined um, dorms, entire dorms. I believe Ohio state, went through it too are they did they pause um i don't know about that one i think they may have paused some sports too so it's like, like you're seeing these you know whenever there's a hot spot schools are, are having are taking like a you know a week to 10 10 days or two week pause in their in their um workouts and stuff and so i don't know how that affects um you know their thinking but you know it's weird though judge I mean, just you know, I'm watching the other night. I watched high school football on ESPN, and then last Saturday I watched college football. Yeah, <laughs> so it I know. is. It is. Uh, I. I think you know. Ultimately, they may be proven right. I just don't know what, really, what the right thing is. It's just so complicated because it's weird when you see two totally different uh, answers and two totally different ways of going about. It. You know, one we're not going to play, and, and now you're seeing all these. You know, now they're going to crank up in full here with uh, the big 
program starting to play in the next couple of weeks. So I, I don't know what the right answer is, to be honest with you. Yeah, and what I saw that there was a game that was supposed to be on, I think, FS1 that was postponed because uh, Louisiana Tech, if I'm not mistaken, had an outbreak. And yeah, so they moved up a Kansas was, State game. So, yeah. Yeah, theirs was a, uh, when they had the uh, the the uh, hurricane, um, power went out if I'm reading it right, power went out until the students kind of dispersed the different areas. They weren't in kind of their little quasi bubble, if that's the right word. Um, And so they had a lot of positive tests when kids scattered and went either home or elsewhere. And so that's, that's, they think that's what created their spike. But yeah, that's what you're seeing a lot of games postponed and moved. And so um, I don't know if they're going to be able to pull this off. I mean, um, my beloved Vols the other week, they had to cancel a scrimmage because I think they had 40, something positive test, you know, so they were going to have a, in, you know, their, their one big scrimmage before playing and they had to cancel that. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's going to work or not, Joe, but it is interesting that, you know, some are willing to try and some are just, you know, are saying no. So, but I think you're right in, in, and I think th- this is what too many people won't say. We don't know. Like well, that's it. the yeah. big 10 could be exactly right. And, and they could be being too cautious. But and the one thing that I find about this entire thing, Chipper, that that uh, fascinates me so much is this one. So many people, i.e. coaches who ordinarily have complete control of things, have lost control and yeah. and watching and watching some of them, um, Harbaugh and Frost and how they sort of melt down. It, it, it's an interesting look into the psyche of people that are so used to basically controlling the environment around them completely. And this is just one where, unfortunately, you can't do that. No, and that is. I mean, football coaches by nature, you know, control freaks, and they want to be able to have their handprints on everything. Um, but, you know, I keep coming back to, and, you know, you see people like the Big Ten just, they want this to happen. They don't, you know, it's like, are you crazy? They're losing oh, I know. millions upon millions. They're cutting sports. This is not what they want. You know, it's like, who, what person in their right mind would want to sabotage their their athletic department just for the sake of doing it? You know, it's like no, I, they're they're listening to the people, the scientists and the doctors who are yes. telling them this is not what they want to do. Um, that line of thinking is just nuts. But um, but yeah, it's you know, um, but to kind of pivot off that, think about NFL where their testing is right now. Yep. They have hardly any cases, Judd. And Major League Baseball. I mean, I know they have, you know, occasional games that get postponed, but by and large, it's worked, you know? Mm-hmm. By and large. I mean, the NFL, I think you have to give those a lot of credit because in the latest round of testing that just came out, I think there was only maybe one or two players uh, that, that tested positive. And so, you know, I was I was skeptical whether the NFL was going to be able to make it work, and and we'll see if they can do it over you know the course of a season. But so right. far, so so good, and and right. and the diligence that they're showing. Well, baseball baseball didn't have it right when when they started, and I don't know what football uh, is doing in particular. But you know where baseball finally got smart was they basically threatened them. They they said you yeah. you know when you go on the road, you are not to leave. And that's mm-hmm. the thing is, and, and but, but I mean that's that's the price of this entire uh, experimentation of playing during a pandemic. You have to threaten people, and you have to say, I mean, I mean, you know what? The bubbles are fantastic. I'm sure it sucks not to see your family, but mm-hmm. the bubbles are the best. And and if you can take if you can take human beings and basically say you are here for entertainment purposes, which is to play a sport, 
and and your life is basically gone besides that. You, you can go play games with your buddies, right, mm-hmm. and go eat good meals in the bubble, but as far as what you're used to, that's gone. Um, that's just a big ask. So that yeah. that to me, you know, baseball was like, yeah, guys can go out, and and the Cardinals here. Supposedly, there were some asymptomatic Cardinals players when they played here against the Twins that went into hotel rooms with their buddies, right, to do stuff, and they spread it like wildfire. And I think after that, they told players, you can't go into each other's rooms, you're all going to be blah, 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 and it probably stinks. But I think if you're willing to pay that price, we can do this. The issue is, I've never been able to decide across the board, like, can you get an entire football team to pay that price? And I don't know the answer. Well, yeah, I mean, so far, so good, I think, uh, for the NFL, because you're just not seeing any cases. Um, you know, for the NFL, let's talk about it. Let's see what happens in, you know, victory Mondays or after games. If exactly. They still, if they stick to it. And, and college is a totally different beast. Judge. Yep. I mean, we know you're, you're dealing, one, you're on a campus where kids are going to bars or having house parties. I mean, it's just, hey, I have a college kid. I, I, I know exactly what they're doing. Um, and... I probably would do the same thing too uh, when I was that age, and so that's that's just a lot harder to control. And we've seen the pictures of the kids lined up at the bars, and you know, we can, you know, gnash our teeth and say they're idiots and do all that, but they're college kids. I mean, you know, that's I hate to give them a pass on it, but that, to think that they're not going to do that's probably naive. You yes. Know? So I, I think it'd be harder on a it's going to be harder on a college campus to control it. Uh, as much as you can in the NFL where I think these guys are professionals and they, you know, they're just not around as many. And you can threaten them. College kids. If, if yeah, I, if well, I pay yeah. you, I can threaten you. If, if you're a college kid, what's my threat? Well, that's the thing. Yeah. And, well, and you know, in the Cleveland Indians, when the, you know, the pitcher. Yeah. Clevenger. Clevenger went out, they put his butt in the car, <laughs> drove, told him to drive. They, abu- they abused him on purpose <laughs> to make an example. And that's exactly right. But you know, if I pay you, I can basically tell you what you can and can't do, and your yep. option is to quit and lose that payday. If you're a college kid, I, and that's the thing is I've seen this pushback on college kids like they, how dare they? They're college kids, and 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 they're not paid. That's the other thing is if you were giving them salaries, yep. th- then I think you could threaten them. Yeah, you say you're not going to get paid, or we'll cut you. Yep. Or they're, they're, you know, if a kid goes to a bar or house party, they're not taking a scholarship from them. Now you may have to you know, get up and run at 6 a.m., you know, there's punishment that way, but they're not, it's, you know, there's no financial penalty that you can hit with, you know, hit them with. Like Absolutely. In, in NFL and, and pro sports. Absolutely. All right, Chipper. I'll talk to all you right, next brother. week. I'll all right. Press box Sunday. <laughs> See, you <on> <laughs> See you later. Right. Bye. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. 
Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.